Welcome to the Anonymous Podcast. This episode will be a basic text study and commentary. The aim is to provide insight to and context of the material within our basic text, Narcotics Anonymous. This is not a meeting of Narcotics Anonymous. However, there will be some similarities in how the study will be conducted. Each study will have the audio recorded and then published to the Anonymous Podcast. The overall goal is to provide commentary of the basic text towards reaching those seeking a resource like this. If one person benefits from our efforts, including us, then our participation will be well worth the effort. We're going to have introductions, and then we'll jump into the text. Enjoy. Right, welcome back, everybody. This is episode 33 of the Basic Text Study for the Anonymous podcast. We're going to begin the top of page 83 with the progression of, but first we're going to give our intros. Uh, Brian, jump on in, give your intro. Hello, my name is Brian B. The clean date is November 18th, 2019, and I attend meetings in southwestern Pennsylvania. Thanks, Brian. What's up, Jane? I'm Jane A. here with clean date of 12-22-79 and still attending meetings in the Willamette Valley, Salem, Oregon. All right. Thanks, Jane. What's up, Alberto? I am Alberto and I am an addict. My clean date is 10 30 16 and I am attending meetings in Pensacola, Florida and Zoom. All right, thanks, Alberto. What's up, Donna? Hey, everybody. My name is Donna. I'm an addict. My clean date is Thanksgiving Day, 1985. I attend meetings online and in the Lane County area of Narcotics Anonymous in Eugene, Oregon. Thanks, Donna. Hey, Phil. My name is Phil M. Um, my clean date is 4-19-95, and uh, I attend meetings in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Thanks, Phil. What's up, Paul? Hey, I'm Paul M. Uh, my clean date is January the 6th, 1995, and I attend meetings in New Orleans, Louisiana. Thanks, Paul. Hey, Eva. Hi, everybody. My name is Eva. Uh, my clean date is June 10th, 2000, and I attend meetings in the Mid Willamette Valley area, Salem, Oregon. And I'll Thanks, do. E <laughs> Thanks, Eva. And I'm addict. Name's Douglas. I go clean March 12th, 2000, in southwestern PA, and I stay in the Raleigh, North Carolina area uh, currently. All right, everyone. So this is uh, episode number 33. Um, we're going to begin on the top of page 83 with the progression of recovery, and Eva's going to facilitate. Take it away, Eva. Thanks, Doug. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and start, so um, here we go. In the progression of recovery, the progression of recovery is a continuous uphill journey. Without effort, we start the downhill run again. The progression of the disease is an ongoing process, even during abstinence. We come here powerless, and the power that we seek comes to us through other people in Narcotics Anonymous, but we must reach out for it. Now clean and in the fellowship, we need to keep ourselves surrounded by others who know us well. We need each other. Narcotics Anonymous is a fellowship of survival and no one of its, and no one of its advantages is that it places us in intimate, regular contact with the very people who can best understand and help us in our recovery. Good ideas and good intentions do not help if we fail to put them into action. Reaching out is the beginning of the struggle and that will set us free. It will break down the walls that imprison us. A symptom of our disease is alienation 
and honest sharing will set will free us to recover. So um, on this, at the top of the page, I have um, written, handwritten, if I'm not working on my recovery, I'm working on my relapse. And, um, and that is so true. Like if I am um, just, you know, not staying in contact with people that I know, I'm not in my literature, I'm not attending meetings, I'm not writing on the steps. And that was super easy to fall back into during COVID, right? Like you're sitting at home and, you know, you turn on the Zoom meeting and um, you start doing something else because you're home, right? Like it was super hard for me at first to settle in and listen and pay attention, you know? Or I was looking at everybody on the screen, but the more often that I did it, just like going to meetings, the more comfortable I got with it. People, um, I often hear people say they don't like Zoom meetings. It just doesn't feel the same. And I said, well, when I walked into Narcotics Anonymous, it didn't feel very good either. When I sat in my first 10 meetings, I was still like, these guys are a cult. They're all freaking crazy, but I'm required to be here. So here I am. I, I mean, I might, sometimes they say something that makes me go, hmm, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stay here, right? So um, I think it's important that, I mean, we could do as many steps as we want to, but until we apply it, it really doesn't mean to really squat. So um, anybody else have anything to share on that first two paragraphs? Phil and then Alberto. You got to stand with me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry about that. Uh, wow. Uh, uh, good stuff. Um, the thing that caught me in today is my uh, must meeting. And uh, I do like to expound and share on uh, the must. But it was uh, talking about the, the power that we see comes uh, from uh, from other, other addicts. and uh, But we must reach uh, for it. So... In other words, uh, uh, the power recovery of things is not going to be handed on to me on a silver plat platter. I must reach out for uh, that power. And that's just all I want to say. Thanks, Phil. Go ahead, Alberto, and then Brian. So like, I like how it says that Narcotics Anonymous is a fellowship of survival. Um, and the, the advantages that it places us with intimate, regular contact with the very people who can best understand us, right? Like growing up, there was nobody, right? Single mother, you know, older brother wasn't was an asshole. And, and then when you grow up in the streets, you can't really talk to people about your feelings. So it's like, who do you tell somebody everything that you're going through? Or, or better yet, like, I didn't even understand what I felt, right? No one really taught me anything. Um, and then when I find myself in the Fellowship of Narcotics Anonymous and like, and the cool thing about it was that I got clean in New Orleans where like, I'm literally the only Mexican in the rooms, right? When my brother's not around. And so I completely felt like white people and black people, they're not going to understand me, right? Because that was my mentality at the time. 
but thank God that I got clean there because it gave me the ability to actually see that it wasn't color. It wasn't whether I was, were, you know, being from Texas or anything like that. It didn't matter. People understood what I felt regardless of what I went through. It was the feelings. Um, and, and so like last year when I was back in Texas, um, I remember going through my defects and making them into shortcomings. And if it wasn't for that honest sharing that it's talking about, that it will free us to recover, like I wouldn't have gotten through it. I remember calling my sponsor every day, telling them I used again. I used and, and I don't understand why when it hurts this much, but when I find myself in an opportunity to use, I find myself powerless and I'm using. And, and thank God that he understood what I was going through, that he was able to tell me that sometimes we just run our heads into the wall until it finally stops. The pain outweighs the pain. And I didn't like that suggestion. I was like, dude, I want to get better. But obviously I kept hitting my head against the wall where today, like I have a pretty good scar on my head, but I'm not bleeding today, you know? Um, and that's the beautiful thing that like, because of someone going through their experience before me gives me the ability to be able to be where they're at today. Um, and that's all I got for that one. Thanks, Alberto. I have Brian and then Donna. I like how you said that Eva about working on recovery or working on a relapse with my sponsor works is a little different and it, it always stuck with me. You know, it's like, I'm either getting busy staying clean or I'm getting busy using. So what that tells me is like, uh, you make sure I'm staying in the middle of what's going on when it comes to recovery. And like when I, what I take from those two paragraphs is like thinking back early on, like my first 30, 60, 90 days, you know, the guys with uh, time in my area were stressing to me, like the importance of building my foundation. And I really bought into that, you know, and it, it was about making myself uncomfortable, you know, walking up to guys and asking them for their phone number which was totally, you know, out of, out of my, you know, realm. But then I started calling these guys and, you know, just letting them know who I was. And um, it, it went from a number on a piece of paper to like a relationship today. So like whenever I'm in the struggle, you know, whether it's I want to use or something, you know, a life thing comes up, like I can reach out to these guys and, and, and they can help me. And I think that's one of like, the biggest rewards of this fellowship, you know, of, of NA is like the relationships and the bonds that you build, you know, with other men, you know, or even other women, you know, it, I have a couple of women that are in my support group that have time and like that, that's invaluable. You know, like my, my disease wants me, you know, locked up in my room by myself, you know, isolated from the world, you know, but now that I'm clean, like I feel free. And like, I, I enjoy the company of other people. You know, I love going to meetings. I love going to picnics, you know, any kind of functions like that. So, um, you know, those are some of the rewards of the program. I'll pass. Thanks, Brian. I was thinking about the alienation part. I'm, a, I'm somebody who uh, my first year in the program got loaded several times and, um, not one of those times I got loaded was I hanging out with somebody in NA, right? And um, and uh, I was always, uh, three of the four times I was hanging out with my old girlfriend who I used most of my life with, right? And uh, somebody I had to leave behind 
uh, when I made the serious decision to get clean, when I decided there was nothing going on in my life that getting loaded couldn't make worse and that um, I wanted this more than I wanted anything else. And 35 years later, that's still true. Um, uh, getting, being a part of Narcotics Anonymous was a habit I had to build. And, uh, and uh, so I had to go to meetings, I had to become involved, I had to be willing. This part here that really reaches, gets to me is that reaching out is the beginning of the struggle that will set us free. Like uh, uh, Phil said, this isn't gonna be handed to us, right? It is a struggle. It's, and like Douglas and Paul, I'd say it's not fragile, <clears throat> but it is a struggle. And especially in the beginning, it was a struggle. And uh, I had to let people know who I was. I had to let them know how I th thought. And as sick and as crazy as it was, I had to talk about that stuff in meetings. I had to go to meetings and I had to get real about who I was. Um, and when, uh, and, you know, once being clean was the habit, and being around you guys was a habit, I started uh, valuing my recovery more than anything else. I'll pass with that. Thanks, Donna. I saw Paul. Yeah, just uh, uh, the first sentence, the progression of recovery is a continuous uphill, uphill journey. That makes it sound like it's smooth. <laughs> it's an uphill journey in second gear sometimes, you know what I mean? It's like, uh, uh, like, but it's a progression. It's still going up there, but it's not clean and clear. And I'm recommitting all the time. I'm going, why did I, why did I put my pen down? Why did I stop going to that meeting? Why did I, why did I stop calling my sponsor? And there's all of this recommitment but it's progressive, it's uphill and progressive. But I don't, want it, I don't want anybody who's sitting at home going, oh my God, my, pro my progression isn't smooth and everybody else's is. Not true, not true. Go in the right direction, it won't be pretty sometimes, but just keep on the road, thanks. Thank you, Paul. Uh, Donna, why don't you read the next uh, couple of paragraphs and uh, speak on that? We are grateful that we are made so welcome at meetings that we felt comfortable. Without staying clean and coming to those meetings, we would surely have a rougher time with the steps. Any use of drugs will interrupt the process of recovery. We all find that the feeling we get from helping others motivates us to do better in our own lives. If we are hurting, and most of us do from time to time, we learn to ask for help. We find that pain shared is pain lessened. Members of the fellowship are willing to help a relapsing newcomer uh, relapse or recover and have insight and useful suggestions to offer when asked. Recovery found in Narcotics Anonymous must come from within and no one stays clean for anyone but themselves. I think that uh, is pretty self-explanatory. So I'll go ahead and pass with that. Thank you, Donna. Anybody else? Have anything on those last two paragraphs? Jane. Hey, hey everybody. I just was picking up on the progression, the progression, the progression, the progression. And uh, it's not pretty all the time uphill, but it is a progression and it's an ongoing process. And again, they talk about it in, in these two paragraphs about that it progresses. And I think that sometimes 
um, I know that I can get very complacent. You start getting some time in the program and your life starts looking pretty smooth and fair going and, and you're forgetting that the disease is still progressing. It's still progressing and that, um, it, that I do need to work on it every day. And the other thing I was thinking about is sometimes people for one reason or another have to take some uh, medication and, um, but they forget that that's gonna interrupt up here. Um, you don't necessarily have to relapse or get totally nuts out there for the, this to get interrupted. And because uh, your brain don't know the difference between one drug or another drug and it goes crazy a little up there. And then you need to be really, at least for me, I need to be really cognizant of that and spend a little more time in meetings and in spiritual um, meditation to, until that passes again, and uh, and I, <laughs> I I know you guys will really enjoy this, but because as an old fart, sometimes I forget to just you know make my speeches like two minutes long instead of thirty, and uh, <laughs> suggestions to offer when asked, underline, highlight when asked, not you know offer it up for anybody's you know my children are always saying that to reminding me. <laughs> When asked, mom, when asked. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, we're talking about the uphill progression and sometimes it's really hard, but the line in here that caught me was, uh, we find that pain shared is pain lessened, right? Like we, and, um, and for me, it doesn't always mean like with my spouse, it needs to be with another recovery night who understands the way that my brain processes it because it's different, right? Like. Um, for me, especially in early recovery, everything was a tragedy, right? Like every little thing that might go wrong, it, it didn't even have to go wrong yet. But if I thought it was going to go wrong or if it started to go that way, it was just this huge tragedy and problem and I needed everybody's attention. So, um, but pain shared is pain lesson. And I know that um, that's what we get sponsors for. And that's what we go to meetings for to share when we're hurting, you know, and when the uphill battle isn't so smooth. So I saw Phil. What you got, Phil? You guys hear me? You guys hear me? Okay. Uh, wow. Uh, good stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll be real quick. Um, another must again. But I, I uh, this this is sort of like in, in big letters to recovery in narcotics anonymous must come from within. No one stays clean for anyone but but themselves. But it's talking about the recovery uh, must come from within. And then um, uh, narcotics anonymous. And, and 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 I can't help not to, to think, and it, it is a must if you want what this program has to offer. You're ready to take certain steps which makes recovery uh, possible. Uh, over and over, we hear, we hear in our fellowship to recovery is an, an inside job, and, but um, the, the, it's, it's still up to the member to uh, recover. And that's all I have. Thank you. Uh, Douglas? Yeah, those, those were some really good comments. Jane, I was chuckling when you were talking about that when I asked, and I had the same thing underlined too, and I'm really bad at that. Like I'm super, super bad at that. And uh, when, when there's new folks, you know, they like identify at the home group or something like this, man, I, I make it a point, you know, to, to share after they do that, you know, and just kind of break down some of the basics, you know, and hit them with a little bit of love and stuff. And 
Um, but you know, one thing that, one thing I try to tie that into is, is that, um, uh, say here, any use of drugs will interrupt the process of recovery. And sometimes I think like as a, as somebody coming in and I hope our listeners, you know, who, who experienced this, I hope will appreciate this, this perspective, but it's like, I, I find it does a disservice to some members who don't really grab onto that coming back from a relapse. And, and, and Brian, you were down here a few weeks ago and we were 12 stepping this guy you know, for a few days, meetings, and then, you know, out to eat and kind of laying out, you know, hey, you know, this is what we do, right, kind of kind of doing that, and, and, um, and the gentleman, you know, had a few years, then, you know, would go use, had a few years and go use, and the conversation was like, look, bro, we do this, this, and this, and then on the other end, yeah, I know, that sounds good, and, and yeah, yeah, I know, I know, you know, I know, I know, and then fucking, we, do we see him again? Nope, and we knew that was coming, you know, and, and it's, it's like one of those things, it's like, so the invitation is, you know, if you got some guys 12 stepping you now, you know, and you're listening to and you and you got some guys, I mean, drop the drop this shit of I, I know how this does and I know that because clearly you don't. You know, and that's out of out of love, man. You know, I say this just out of love, man. Clearly you don't. You know, and 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 I just see that over and over again, man. And I haven't been really good in how to navigate that issue. Um, but anyhow, um, and, and, and the last comment I'll make is going to be this, this, um, this pain shared is pain less and not, uh, you know, part of, part of my 11 step practice is I'll listen to that, the prayer of St. Francis, you know, um, in, in the morning piece before a little, little meditation and stuff. And, and that, that line in there about console rather than to be consoled. Look, it speaks to my heart too, man, because like, it's true. Like when I share my pain, you know, that's less and that's really cool but something really cool happens when somebody else kicks their pain to me and I'm able to just say, Hey, look, you're important. You matter. I'm listening to you. And, and just to offer that, like those couple sentences right there. I know when you folk give me those, when I'm hurting and you tell me, Hey, look, I hear you. You know, one, one of the beautiful things, Donna, we, we were talking a couple, I guess it's been a few months back and you said, look, I'm listening to you. I believe you. I'm here, you know, or something like that. And it was like, it's just so good right here. You know, it's just so good to be like, yeah, Paul, you're right. Like, like, oh, you know, that, 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 that's good. I have somebody here. I'm being consoled. And then to be able to do that, man, for somebody else, it kind of unlocks something in my spirit that, that, um, it's just beautiful, man. It's hard, it's hard for me to articulate this, uh, but, but we understand what, you know, what, what, what I'm saying there. So, so I wanted to share to make that comment about the, the pain shared. Um, I'll go ahead and pass with that. Donna, what you got? Yes, I do have something to say about that. Um, it's difficult when you have a person who chronically relapses coming back to the meetings over and over again. And it's not, I mean, sometimes how we present that is like, oh, come on, really? But really, there's so much fear. Those of us who've been around for a while, people get lost and they die or worse, you know? And, um, and so sometimes reacting with that kind of, uh, instead of love and compassion and wel being wel welcoming people, but it's very, and it's very difficult to, to sit and listen to somebody try to walk in my head with their dirty feet. You know, if you knew how to stay clean by yourself, you'd be doing it. And you don't and you need us and so you need to listen to some things you know and um and uh i've you know i've been around long enough you know we all have that we 
you know, sponsored people who've relapsed over and over again, you know, and um, most of them don't make it. And, and, and um, so I need to remember, and for one reason, it, that, um, that I don't help other people because of them. I help other people because of me. I want to stay clean. I know that this is how I do it. I know that helping other people helps me to get out of my self-obsession. Um, if I want to use and you call me and I talk you out of using, I'm not going to use. And I, you know, after year, after year, after year, I, that has been proven to me, you know, and, um, and the other thing these two little paragraphs say is that the solutions are in the steps. We come to meetings, we hear the people talking about the steps. We come to meetings, we, you know, uh, we're talking about the steps. We're working the steps together. It's hard to work the steps alone. You know, the answer, the program is in the steps. The answers are in the steps. And, um, and, and that's the other thing too, with people who are, are relapsing a lot is like, there's nothing to do, but stop using and work the steps. We're not gonna talk this out and figure it out. We need to stop using first and then start working the steps. So I'll pass with that. Okay, um, Paul, why don't you uh, get us going on the next couple paragraphs, please, and speak on that. Okay, in our disease, we are dealing with a destructive, violent power greater than ourselves that can lead to relapse. If we have relapsed, it is important to keep in mind that we must get back to meetings as soon as possible. Otherwise, we may have only months, days, or hours before we reach a threshold where we are gone beyond uh, recall. Our disease is so cunning that it can get us into impossible situations. When it does, we come back to the program, if we can, while we can. Once we use, we are under the control of our disease. We can never fully recover no matter how long we stay clean. Complacency is the enemy of members with substantial clean time. If we remain complacent for long, the recovery process ceases. The disease will manifest apparent symptoms in us. Denial returns along with obsession and compulsion. Guilt, remorse, fear, and pride may become unbearable. Soon we reach a place where our backs are against the wall. Denial and the first step, conflict in our minds. If we let the obsession of using overcome us, we are doomed. Only a complete and total acceptance of the first step can save us. We must totally surrender ourselves to the program. I was, um, I, I was, I, I really, I was pointing at Donna when she was sharing last about that, you know, 12 step work is for me, not for the person I'm 12 stepping. It's, that's how this whole movement started, two people, tried to get other people not to do something. And then all of a sudden they stayed sober. So that's, I mean, that's how this all started. Um, but the thing that stood out to me here is violent power. And that's, it is a violent power. It's abusive and violent, like, like a, an abusive relationship, but it doesn't present like that. It prevents so subtly, you know, have a glass of wine with that steak, you know? Or I'm just gonna smoke this, or I'm just gonna take this pill because my back hurts. You know, that, that it's just so subtle. And that's what, you know, I, and Jane said earlier about complacency. So 
absolutely complacency is the thing that I have to be vigilant. The word that came to mind when Jane was sharing is vigilance that I, I can't, I can't let this go for long. I can't coast on yesterday's recovery. I have to, it's what am I doing today? And one of the things that, that I, you know, it will, the disease will manifest apparent symptoms in us. Denial returns along with obsession and compulsion. Guilt, remorse, fear, and pride may become unbearable. And I think that's the thing that the pride part is we have to, or I have to be, I can't talk, speak for any further. I have to be careful with substantial clean time. I think that I have to have the answer, right? And just like the, the person who says, I know, To Douglas, I have to be careful with that for myself. And, and Donna shared about this before. It, not knowing was dangerous for some of us when we were young. So we are set up to go, I know, I know, I know, just to keep that at bay. And so what I'm called for in Narcotics Anonymous is to not know. Like it's really okay in here to not know because that gives some reliance to a higher power. It gives me a place to graft on new ideas. It gives me all kinds of opportunities. But what I come to the fellowship with is you better know everything about everything or we're going to get you. And um, for the newcomer, if you are new here, it's okay if you don't understand or you don't know. You are in the exact right spot for your recovery. So that should be good for you to know that. So um, the other thing when Douglas was sharing, I, I said to somebody one time, it's what you know has got you to this point. What you don't know will get you further. And um, it, it helped. It helped. It was it, it, it was truthful, but it wasn't attacking. And, and that's how I it, it, that's how I presented it, because my mind was saying, shut the fuck up. You don't know anything. Sit down. Shut up and listen to the meeting. That's what I want to say. And uh, I, I don't do that. I try not to do that as much anymore. I know that pisses Doug off, but <laughs> I try not to. I, 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 we, we're trying to move beyond that <laughs> a little bit. But the message of shut up, listen, it's okay. <laughs> You're going to be fine. We love you. Thanks. Donna and then Phil. I just, well, maybe Phil's gonna, I was gonna just get poke at Phil a little bit. I was surprised he hadn't said this. It says, we can never fully recover, no matter how long we have stayed clean. That's what you're gonna talk about, huh, Phil? And, and you, you know, we, we know folks who are like, they're recovered addicts, right? And it's like, and if they, and they are often book thumpers. And listen, this is right where it is. We can never fully recover. And even if you never wanna use again, that doesn't mean the disease of addiction is gone because it manifests itself in so many ways. This process is a process worth continuing no matter what stage you're at. So I'll pass to Phil. I'm sure he hasn't got much to say. <laughs> to say. 
That's right. That's right, Donna. Wow. Uh, uh, good stuff. Good stuff from uh, everybody. Uh, but I, I cannot help the uh, look when it talks about things and especially the disease of addiction, talking about it being destructive and, uh, uh, and violent, uh, power greater than ourselves. Uh, there was another must in there. If something does happen, if, if we realize we must get back to a meeting as soon as possible. Then it says otherwise, okay, we may only have months, days, or hours before we reach a threshold. And I always think of a threshold. Okay, if I go out that door, uh, uh, can I cross across it? Can I get back? Uh, and then, then it goes on to say, uh, we are gone, um, gone beyond recall. So, okay, uh, I'm not going to get back. Um, and then it talks about the, the uh, we get into an, an impo impossible situations. And then to the word uh, cunning, you know, disease, it is cunning and, 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 and what cunning means. And I always tell my guys, uh, you, you ain't all that. You know, you, 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 you ain't cunning. You, your stuff ain't all, you may think your stuff is all that, but it isn't. You know, cunning is something that is, is cute, clever, sly, ingenious. See, advancing to uh, something severe. Your, your, your stuff ain't all that. You know, you know, the disease of addiction, it's a bad boy. Um, today's uh, meditation and uh, or just for today was um, uh, for the newcomer, you know, and you know, help helping the newcomer in that. And one of the things uh, that, that was uh, was talked about about disease of addiction is, is we do have an NIP for the newcomer and uh, we don't have IPs for the old timer. And probably the reason why that is, is probably because disease of addiction, we can always stay a newcomer. I have a proof of that. And it's crossing across that uh, threshold and, and going uh, beyond recall where we just can't get back again. Uh, death would be the bottom line, but, but, but here's the hit. You can, you can die in active drug addiction. And that's all I have. All right, um, Doug, why don't you read the next couple and share, please? Yeah. <clears throat> the first thing we do is, is to stay clean. Uh, this makes the other stages of recovery possible. As long as we stay clean, no matter what, we have the greatest possible advantage over our disease. For this, we are grateful. Uh, many of us get clean in a protected environment, such as a rehabilitation center, recovery house. When we re-enter the world, we feel lost, confused, and vulnerable. Going to meetings as often as possible will reduce the shock of change. Meetings provide a safe place to share with others. We begin to live the program. We learn to apply spiritual principles in our lives. We must use what we learn or we will lose it in a relapse. Eve, I'm going to go ahead. That's, not, that's only been two, but I'll go ahead and stop there and make some comments there, if that's okay. I think there's a lot of parallels there between um, uh, folks transitioning um, from a protective environment to what we're going, we're experiencing now with, you know, with the pandemic. And then as we, as we start to move with some face-to-face -face meetings, you know, we're, we're starting to see folks who got clean and, you know, attended meetings on online platforms now have the opportunity to to say okay you know so what does this look like now am i going to a face-to-face -face every night or, or or you know perhaps we'll have to face that you know address that soon 
Um, and so I would, and, and then maybe even some folks who just got really kind of comfortable or maybe used to saying, Hey, look, I'm not going to go, you know, I'm not going to drive, take the bus, do whatever across town, you know, when, when I can hop on, hop on zoom, right. Or something like this or whatever online platform. Um, so I think I can apply this. It's like, Hey, my, I need to, wh wh whatever that looks like, whatever my fellowship in, you know, whatever my participation looks like, I need to make sure that I, that I'm doing it consistently. And that's always helped me out, you know, in the stages of my recovery. If I can see myself doing something consistently, then, then it's like I wake up that day and I have that game plan. You know, I have that, I, I have some things that I need to do. And that, that's helped me out since I got clean. And um, I, I just think that, you know, I want to, I, I want to ask this question or, or maybe frame it as a, uh, a comment, but that, that line, the complacency, right, is the enemy of members with substantial clean time, like that's so used, right? It is. It's just like, it's topics of meetings, it's topics at convention workshops. It's like, God damn, you know, it, it, it's a lot. And I, I get worried, like I looked at it a little bit different than what Paul was talking about, maybe. Is, and, um, and, and by the way, like I love, man, I love that old school perspective of, man, just shut the fuck up for a little while. You know, seriously, like I still do, man. I just do. I love it. Like that's how it was. You know, that's how they hit me with it, man. I love it. And I don't do it now. I mean, you, you know, as much. I mean, I guess I still let it fly sometimes. But you know, it's like, um, anyway, anyway. Oh, back to the comment that I was going to make there. The complacency piece, man. Look, you know what? What? What really hits me hard is 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 not being like is not seeing you know, folks who've been clean a while say, Hey, I got this, you know, I can, I can quote the basic text, you know, I, I, I do this. I really don't mind that, man. It's like, okay, cool. I can get with that, you know, do whatever, you know, what hits me hard is, is the people who, and we, we talked about this about 10 episodes ago or something, they'll come one to one meeting a year and get their medallion or, or you might see them, you know, once a month at, you know, their home group that they've kind of had for, you know, and, 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 and again, man, it messes with me. It just does because it's like this. It's like, man, I, I, so I was drowning when I was, when I got clean, you folks weren't, you showed me how not to drown, right? Like that whole perspective. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be able to participate. I actually, I'm surprised anytime somebody asked me for my experience, really, <laughs> like even, even like, I, you know, like, like what, what I'm able to, to, to interact and give back. It's like, holy shit. You know, I, like you think enough of me that I, that I can do that. And it just, it fucks with me, man, really. It really does. So I look at complacency, that that piece of being like, hey, my life's good now. I ain't doing the shit that 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 helped me get to this point. I'm not giving back, you know? And it, and it does, man. And I take a real critical stance on it. You know, in my mind, I'm thinking, man, you're, you're a fucking taker. You know what I mean? You're a taker. And that's, and that's where I am. And I'm just sharing my own, you know, I'm just sharing my truth with you folk here. And um, so that messes with me when I see that, you know? Uh, Anyways, I think I'm, <laughs> I didn't mean to take us there, man. Look, hey, you know, it's all love too, but that's just where I'm at with it. I, I'll go ahead and pass. I see it, Paul, but just really quick. Um, coming from a perspective of coming out of a, a long-term uh, facility, three months I was in, well, four months I was in, uh, an inpatient facility back in 2000 and, um, and it was a trip. I moved back into the house I got loaded in, you know what I mean? And, and, um, honestly meeting saved my life. Like, I was like, I don't think I could do this. Cause I went to treatment an hour away in Portland where I did meetings. Cause you know, the inpatient 
place took you to meetings, right? So, um, and we didn't, we still had phones that were connected to the wall. Like we didn't, not everybody had a cell phone. And I definitely didn't because I was poor. Um, well, you know, I mean, I didn't have a job. I was just out of treatment. So, I mean, the noon meeting app um, that was on every day, like that saved my life. Like if you're new and you're coming out of treatment and you think, oh, I got this, I got to tell you, um, it didn't take me long to not have it when I got out of treatment. Like I felt so good when I got out of treatment, I thought I had this. And then I was like, oh, like I don't know how to deal with my kids. Oh, I don't know how to deal with my mom dying. Oh, I don't know how to deal with my finances. How does somebody find a job? How do you how do you buy groceries for more than a day at a time? Like I had to learn all this shit, right? And um, believe it or not, I learned it in Narcotics Anonymous. Like, you know, I mean, I just didn't know how to do it because I never did it in my whole adult life, right? And I didn't, I wasn't spending any money, any more money than I had to on groceries every day because I needed to get what I needed to get first, right? So um, when it talks about you know, when we re-enter the world, we feel lost, confused, and vulnerable. That was me, but not at first. At first, I thought, I just did four months of treatment. I know everything about recovery. And what I knew was everything about treatment, <laughs> not everything about living clean. <laughs> so I knew how to get clean. I didn't know how to stay clean, right? So, um, and I confused that in my mind. So I think that that's really important. I also... Um, um, I think that, you know what, I'm going to leave that little thought in my brain. Paul, why don't you go ahead? That wasn't nice. So, uh, <laughs> um, to Doug's point about complacency and, uh, you know, long-term. So here's the deal. I have, I, I don't get complacent because I'm really plugged in and I have continued to be plugged in over the 26 years that I've been clean. So I don't know what it's like to not be plugged in like a home group and have friends who, you know, we talk to each other and sponsees and sponsors and all of that kind of the trappings of recovery have been around me for the entire time. And so, but the deal is, it's not about drug use anymore for me. It's about my sanity. It's about my happiness. It's about my well-being. It's about a whole bunch of other stuff that are way beyond why I arrived in Narcotics Anonymous. So I see this as a, you know, this is not just some kind of, I'm going to just get this until I get finished with wanting to shoot dope and then I'm done, which a lot of people, that's why they're here. That's all they wanted was to, make the boogaboos go away. You know what I mean? They just wanted those to go away and they didn't want more. So I don't know if, you know, I don't know. It, that's not the kind of program I want for myself. The great gift of staying around here and working stuff is I don't need my program to be like yours and you don't need to be like mine. If you're gonna ask me how I do it, I'm gonna tell you, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this and this and this and this and this. And if you say, oh, that's too much, I don't wanna do that. I still love you, it'll be all right. But I don't, that's not how I do mine. If you ask me how I do mine, I'm gonna tell you how I do mine. And, and I don't have to judge, I don't have to, I have some opinions about how yours ain't gonna work, 
but I don't have to prove mine to anybody else. And when I first got here, I was wanting everybody to think like me, do like me, buy in like me. And the great gift of this nowadays is I don't have to do none of that. You know what I mean? I don't have to figure out what everybody else is doing. I just have to make sure I stay on the path. So, uh, and complacency hasn't been an issue. So I got, you know, I got some time, I guess. I guess I haven't had complacency. So thanks. Phil? Uh, good stuff. Uh, another must. Um, we must use uh, what we've learned or we will lose it to our relapse. But uh, but how it's it started off. The first thing we do is uh, is to stay clean, you know, and um, and that's our first step. Staying clean uh, has to come first. Then it goes on to say that that, that this makes uh, the other stages of recovery possible. If I'm not going to um, stay clean, forget about the other eleven steps too. But it talks about uh, going to meetings and uh, um, uh, this and that and. Uh, having a safe place and this and that, but it also talks about applying spiritual principles in our, in our lives. Okay. So th that's the thing about um, uh, recovery, but, uh, but it's just building off of that cleanliness and keeping that uh, cleanliness. My sponsorship family, uh, uh, this is just my sponsorship family. We, we say the, uh, the most perfect thing you, you can do uh, for a first step is to stay clean and anybody in our fellowship that tells you that that uh that that's not the most perfect thing you can do tell them to take the next one okay that's all i got <laughs> thanks phil uh alberto why don't you read the next couple paragraphs and share please many of us would have had nowhere to go if we could not have trusted any groups and members at first, we were both captivated and intimidated by the fellowship. No longer comfortable with our using friends, we were not yet at home in the meetings. We began to lose our fear through the experience of sharing. The more we shared, the more our fear slipped away. We shared for this reason. Growth means change. Spiritual maintenance means ongoing recovery. Isolation is dangerous to spiritual growth. Those of us who find a fellowship and begin to live the steps develop relationships with others. As we grow, we learn to overcome the tendency to run and hide from ourselves and our feelings. Being honest about being honest about our feelings helps others to identify with us. We find that when we communicate honestly, we reach others. Honesty takes practice and none of us claims to be perfect. When we feel trapped or pressured, it takes great spiritual and emotional strength to be honest. Sharing with others keeps us from feeling isolated and alone. This process is a creative action of the spirit. That's a lot to take in. Um, too much, actually, for me. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I'll start off with just the fact that, like, it says many of us had nowhere else to go um, if we could not have trusted any groups and members. Like, for me, that's real. Like, that's really real. Um, getting clean in an area where, like... <laughs> I felt like even if I wanted to use drugs, I couldn't because I couldn't trust the people around me um, because of my mentality, right? Like I, I, wanted, I wanted something to make me feel different, but literally I had put myself in a situation or my higher power allowed me to be in a situation where it was like either 
get clean or do what you have to do to go back to Texas where I was comfortable, where I knew where to get my drugs. Um, Cause quite frankly, like I didn't trust the people in New Orleans, you know um, I really didn't feel like getting robbed or killed at that time. Um, and, and so like, I, I, I put everything that I could inside the fellowship. Right. I went to meetings and I heard people talk about things that I went through. And, and so I started opening up. I started telling them how I felt. I, I, I wanted what they had because they claimed they had happiness and gratitude, things that I honestly didn't understand. Um, and they kept saying the same thing. Keep coming back. Keep coming back. And obviously something was working because you got people with gold teeth, tattoos, talking about felonies, but they're driving these nice vehicles and they're really kind. And they're, they're not, it's not a show. Like I literally felt their heart made me feel welcomed. And, and shout out to Bobby C in New Orleans. This dude, big old bald headed white dude covered in tattoos. You, I mean, I, I have to probably want to use a knife if I was ever getting a fist fight with him. Thank God I don't have to because he showed me the kindness and it was such a beautiful thing that like, this is Narcotics Anonymous, right? And and he would go to the meetings and he would share from his heart and I felt it. And I thought to myself, if this big old grown ass man with the history that he has can show up here and talk about what he talks about, then why am I any different, Right. And, and by doing so, and, and it says like, you know, um, through the step work, um, like I started having relationship with other people, like not just writing the steps, but learning to live them by seeing what I wrote down I was like, holy crap, I'm not this egotistical, violent individual that I thought I used to be. I was just scared. And society taught me that violence is the way to be able to show somebody you're not someone to be messed with. So like, everything I knew about me was distorted and the steps helped me clear up a lot of that stuff, which mind you, there's still a lot of stuff I'm very confused about. Thank God. Right. Because in confusion, there's breakthrough. Um, and it said it through growth means change. Like I, I get to keep growing and I get to keep developing these relationships and like it, somewhere where we read it, we don't fully recover. Thank God. I don't want to stop. The moment I probably stop is the moment I'm probably going to die. I need this constant change. Um, and, and thank God that this fellowship gives me that ability. I love it. It says this process is a creative action of the spirit. I am finally understanding a little bit about my spirit today. And like, that's one of the best things why I choose to stay clean. You know, so that's all I got for those paragraphs. Brian, what you got? I don't know if anyone else can relate to this, but like the first few times that I shared at a meeting, like, man, I was scared to death. I mean, my heart would start pounding and like, I was so like self-conscious about what I was going to say, you know, was it going to make sense? Was I going to sound stupid? And I probably did, you know, the first few times, you know, and probably sometimes still today, you know, but it's not about sounding good for me. It's just about sharing open and honestly. And like something that Douglas taught me and, and I'm grateful for it is like, you know, before the meeting starts, you know, I just try to quiet my mind and, and say a little prayer to God that, I, you know, the God that I understand to, uh, you know, if, if it, what I, what I say to him is like, you know, if it's meant for me to share at this meeting, you know, allow me to share open and honestly, 
you know, but if, if it's meant for me to just listen at this meeting, you know, just allow me to listen. And like, that's something that I try to stress to people that, you know, you know, ask me a question about like sharing and how uncomfortable they are, like a sponsee. And, uh, you know, it, it helps me. And, and, you know, I think the biggest thing is not to, you know, for me is not to try to fabricate anything. You know, honesty has always been the best policy for me, you know, when it comes to sharing. And like now anymore, you know, when it comes time to share, I don't get jammed up at all. You know, I just let it let it come out and speak and hopefully carry a clear message. And, um, you know, the other day, one of my sponsees, uh, he's coming up on like four months clean and he chaired his first meeting and like the joy that I got from that was like unreal, you know, just to see how far he's came in like four months and, uh, you know, just really lifted me up. But uh, I'll pass. Thanks, Brian. Uh, I see you, Phil, but really quick um, up here on the top of page 85, those of us who find the fellowship and begin to live the steps, develop relationships with others. And as we grow, we learn to overcome the tendency to run and hide from ourselves and our feelings. I don't know about anybody else, but when I got here, running and hiding was what I did best. Like any kind of type of feels like for anything. Like if I started having a feeling about someone, I was like, oh, I'm out. You know, if I didn't like the way things were going, if I liked the way things were going, it didn't matter. I was gone. And um, so it says when we begin to live the steps, live those steps, we develop relationships with others. And, um, you know, that's how I learned to become a friend, be the friend, right? Not just have, try to have friends. I used to hold people hostage that was, you know, um, so they couldn't run from me. And um, it's easier now with Facebook and all those social media things, they can't run and hide very often, but, um, you know, this is what I wanted to, when I came to recovery, when I came to the program, um, stopping using was one thing, but the big thing was I wanted to learn how to stay, even when it was really fucking hard. I wanted to learn to stay, because when I got here, my mom was dying, you know, and my sisters wouldn't even come to see her because they didn't want to see her like that. And every day I didn't want to go home. I wanted to run every single day. And um, every single day I went home from work and I took care of her at night. I got her ready for bed. I fed her her food. And, um, you know, it was, uh, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. And one of the most rewarding things that I've ever done. You know, I didn't, I didn't run. And those feelings, you know, I tear up just thinking about it. And, uh, and it's been 20 years you know, so uh, oof. that's what I wanted to do when I got here. I wanted to learn how to stay. Um, and I wanted to learn to go when it was time to go, you know, like not hold on to this crazy relationship because don't you know, I love him, even though he's cheating on me with five girls. I know, look at <laughs> Jane's like doing this gag thing. That's hard, you know, learning to leave when it's time. Um, so, but that's not running, right? I had to learn the difference. So, um, yeah, I love that. I underlined it, highlighted it, put stars by it. 
Like, yeah, that's where it's at for me. So bring it to me, Phil. What you got? Real quick. Okay, I'll, I'll be I'll be real quick. Um, uh, growth means change. Spiritual maintenance means ongoing recovery. I like the uh, isolation is uh, dangerous to spiritual growth, and uh, which ties into that uh, complacency being being a enemy. But uh, complacency also uh, shuts uh, shuts a member off from from goodwill, love, and compassion. And uh, and with the uh, with with those uh, three uh, spiritual principles, uh, uh, yeah, we can't we can't grow spiritually. Uh, goodwill uh, lets the member grow in in all love and uh, all affection. That's what goodwill does uh, for us. So uh, if we're isolated and we're not here, I'll, I'll never. Be, I know I won't be doing good. You know, according to the information I'm getting from uh, Narcotics Anonymous. That's all I got. Anybody else have anything to share on these two? We got about four minutes. I think we can get through the next two paragraphs. Why don't you go ahead and read it for me, Brian? When we work the program, we are living the steps daily. This gives us experience in applying spiritual principles. The experience that we gain with time helps us, helps our own ongoing recovery. We must use what we learn or we will lose it, no matter how long we have been clean. Eventually, we are shown that we must get honest or we will use again. We pray for willingness and humility and finally get honest about our mistaken judgment, judgments or bad decisions. We tell those we have harmed that we were to blame and make whatever amends are necessary. Now we are in the solution again. We are working the program. It becomes easier to work the program. Now. We know that the steps help prevent relapse. Relapsers may also fall into another trap. We may doubt that we can stop using and stay clean. We can never stay clean on our own. Frustrated, we cry. I cannot do it. We beat our, we beat, we beat ourselves as we come into the program. We imagine that our fellow members will not respect the courage it takes to come back. We have learned the utmost respect for that type of courage. We applaud. We applaud heartily. It is not shameful to relapse. The shame is in not coming back. We must smash the illusion that we can do it alone. Yeah. So that's there's a lot in the, involved there as well. Um, you know, and, and just from what I read, you know, uh, applying the steps to whenever, um, you know, I made the amends to the people that I need to make, make amends to. And some of them, some of the people were still living and, and some were deceased, but you know, the, the growth that I, I, I think I made from, from making those amends has been tremendous. You know, um, I owed a lot to my dad. My dad did a lot for me in my life, you know, using and not using. And, um, you know, I make living amends to him each day by staying clean. And, uh, you know, I, I did a lot of damage to a lot of, uh, you know, department stores, but I was able to uh, make amends, you know, to, in, in a way that, you know, I feel was acceptable. And that's all I wanted to share on that. Thanks. Donna? I think one of the things <clears throat> this is talking to really too is about, um, you know, uh, relapse not necessarily being getting loaded, right? We fall into that, you know, deep despair, depression, you know, 
him, what is it, D Douglas, you, uh, women, uh, money, and something else. Yeah. <laughs> food, right, food. <laughs> right. And, and we get our, and, and we get involved in secrets. And then we get involved in resentments. And then, you know, and, and um, the steps remain the solution, right? Being telling the truth about how I'm doing remains the solution. And, um, uh, uh, and it, the sooner I do that, the less chance that I'm going to get loaded. Right. And, um, and, you know, when I was using for that year on and off, when I first uh, came around, there were always people who welcomed me back and there, and I knew that I was welcomed. And I also knew that they were very worried about me. There were many people who did not think I was going to make it because I kept using you know, and, uh, and I'm so grateful still to this day. I still know some of those people who love me and welcome me back into meetings. So thanks. So that's going to wrap it up for us tonight. Um, I just hope that if you're out there and you're con contemplating coming back, remember uh, the shame isn't in using, the shame is in not coming back. We want you here. And, uh, and if you're somebody who's here, be that welcoming person. Thanks. Thank you for walking with us on this journey. Please reflect on what was discussed and apply it to your life. Share this resource with anyone you feel led to do so with. Tune in next time as we'll pick up where we left off. We'll chunk these in hour-long sessions. Namaste and God bless.